Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. We're going to bring y'all into our huddle. You are the Warriors Huddle with me, Bram, with me per usual. And after a short break, our producer, Mr. Marcus Taylor. What's up, Dev Nation? And our master of all things sound, Maxine. How's it going? I can't tell you how fired up I am to announce that the first time, I think, since the final, certainly far too long of a hiatus, the host of Bonte Steine and Guru on 95.7 The Game, an expert on all things Bay Area sports, and a longtime friend of this show who just survived the circus that is Media Day HS Center, Mr. Bonte Hill. What's up, boys? Long time no talk. Yeah, man. It has been far too long. In fact, I was so fired up to say hello to you, I f***ed up that open in like five different ways. I feel like I said the word Chase Center wrong, which is really a strange word to kind of flub. <laughs> yeah, Chase Center, you get used to that, right? It was like with the Giants and AT&T Park, the Oracle Park. It took me a long time to say Oracle Park. Hey, I'm going to Oracle. Wait, you're going to Oracle Arena? No, Oracle Park. Now Chase Center... <laughs> downtown San Francisco is like, wait, I don't have to cross the Bay Bridge to watch the Warriors play? A lot of weirdness there. A lot of weirdness. <laughs> I don't know if you had to open up with something that I find divisive, because I now actually have to cross the Bay Bridge to go watch them play, and you didn't have to kind of rub it in that this is much easier for you. <laughs> oh, Bram, you could take Bart, man. You're a man of the people, man. Get on that Bart train to spend <laughs> that seven bucks. Get your butt over to Chase Center. I'm such a man of the people. I've been taking it for like, what, 17 years and can tell you it's more than seven bucks, you bastard. But I tell you what, I am burying the lead. Um, there's so many things I want to talk to you about, man. I, I listened to some of your broadcast at a media day. I'm excited about that whole thing. But I want to start here. And in fact, Marcus, Maxime, I need your boys take on this as well. So during media day, they do the press conference stuff. They talk to everybody significant. And obviously, they're going to talk to uh, Draymond Green, one of the cores of the team, former defensive player of the year, the whole nine yards, right? And somewhere about halfway through the press conference, they start asking him about, have things changed? Is there a new vibe? Because that's the theme of the, of the new year, right? And he pauses for about three or four seconds, and then he drops this quote. Uh, I'm excited about it. Um... But it's you know it's definitely it's definitely different. It's crazy. I was I, I went to the Janet Jackson concert like a week ago, whenever it was, and I hit a few of the young guys up, and they was kind of like Janet Jackson. <laughs> yeah, you got that one. It's just like yo, it's Janet Jackson, like Janet Jackson, a legend. And they just kind of showed me like I'm getting old. Like none of them wanted to go with me. <laughs> like. I hit Mari up like, yo, I'm going to the Janet Jackson concert. I got to sue you. And I'm like, eh, nah. Like, Eric, nah. It's just like, all right. So that kind of explains it for you right there. It's like they didn't want to see Janet Jackson. I was super excited to see Janet Jackson. Okay, so here's my question to you, man. Um, and let me tip my hand a little bit. Maybe I'm from like an old school setting or I'm thinking about this different, but 
I feel like every single one of those young players, even if they didn't want to go at all, owed him an obligation to show up to that concert. If if Draymond had reached out and was like, yo, come to a lecture by James Harden about how the Rockets were secretly better than the Warriors over the last five years, each one of them should have been like, absolutely, and I'll bring the Harden jerseys, right? Like, dude, he is the leader of the team. He is the guy they should be looking up to. When I started a new job, I would identify those people I wanted to impress and then would do anything they wanted, anything at all. So to put a fine point on it, I think it's ridiculous that they wouldn't go to the concert with him. To you, Bonte, how crazy am I being? You know, am I just overblowing this or what? Oh, you're crazy. You're insane, Brad. <laughs> I always knew that when I first met you. But I mean, this is asinine, man. These kids were in... They weren't even thought of with Janet Jackson at Escapade rolling on our airways, man. Like, these guys were in pull-ups when she was on, like, her 15th album. I don't blame them. Like, I, I, Jerry, Ma, we could go out for lunch. We go out and get some coffee. We go play some golf. We'll do all that stuff. And I'm not going to sit through a Janet Jackson concert. I mean, come on, man. These kids don't know any better. I don't blame them for not wanting to go to that. At least they kept it 100. And that is a good treat for a young player. When young players tell the truth, and keep it real and just speak their mind. That's what we love about him. That's what makes us love Draymond Green. And he did that when he was a rookie here with the Golden State Warriors. So I don't blame them, young fellas. Brand, you are absolutely, absolutely out of your mind. I forgot forgot how wrong you were. I forgot how wrong you were. And don't try to impress us with words like asinine. <laughs> but, Marcus, go ahead. Well, that's going to shock you, Brand, but I'm with Bonte on this no. one. <laughs> <laughs> Marcus, man, that's my guy. Exactly, exactly. No, I mean, I don't, I agree. I think if it's a team event and it's something else where they're bonding, then that's one thing. But to go to a Janet Jackson concert, like, I don't know. I I don't even think Draymond cared. He was just like, it just reminded me, it made me realize that I was old. And that was his takeaway from it. I think he, so if you listen back to that quote, I included, we start the quote before he starts talking. That's on purpose. He spends three or four seconds literally kind of deciding, do I want to admit this? Right? And then out it comes. And I, I haven't talked to him about it, but I think he did that because it bothered him. And I think he bothered him because of where he occupies on the team. And these guys decided their love for Janet Jackson mattered more than their love for the Warriors and Draymond Green. That's what bothers me. I, when I first became an attorney, and sorry for the stupid story, but I got stuck at the Long Beach airport with one of my bosses. And he started drinking scotch. And at the time, I hated scotch hated scotch but he bought me one you know what i did i told him that's my favorite drink oh it's so weird that we have this in common and i spent the next two hours drinking something i hated i would do that 10 times out of 10 and i expect the same thing out of omari spellman i expect the same thing out of every one of these young guys that would be true if it was a nobody veteran he's the defensive player of the year he's a three-time champion dude you do what the hell he tells you to do maxime Please tell me you're on my side. Oh, I'm absolutely on your Let's side. Let's go, Maxine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think it doesn't speak super great to to the character of some of these rookies. Just in the context of, like, he's he's kind of like the boss of your organization. And if the boss says, yo, we're going out, you just go out. You just do it. So, yeah, I, I think he has a right to be disappointed. I think he's now looked at as one of the senior members of the team. And I think that comes with some understanding that when you ask a rookie to go out with you, they just do it. Bonte, if it had been Steph, should they have gone? T- t- change the player, no, but keep the concert. I, I, <laughs> man, all I know is Joe Lacob, Bob Myers, they signed the checks. Joe Lacob signs the checks. He's the real boss. <laughs> Draymond Green, Steph Curry, they're teammates, man. 
Hey, Steph, I don't, come on, man. I don't know any of these songs. I'm going to be bored. I'm going to be on Instagram all day liking <laughs> IG models' photos. Come on, man. I could do that on the couch, not at a Janet Jackson concert. By the way, we have practice the next day, and media day's coming up. I'd rather chill in the crib than listen to Janet Jackson. Give me some sir. Give me some uh, give me some Denzel Corey, man. <laughs> Hell, I'll even take some Drake right now other exactly. than Janet Jackson. I love Janet Jackson. But I'm not even sitting through a Janet Jackson concert and I'm thirty seven years old. And I think <laughs> we look come on, man. And I think we look back at what they should have done because we understand it being older. They're rookies coming in. They don't know. I mean the Spellman is not a rookie, but the other two are rookies they don't know you know like they don't know how the league works yet that's the same thing that Iguodala and everybody else was telling them like enjoy your time here because organizations aren't like this they don't know that yet they just are trying to figure out right now how it's different from Villanova and University of Michigan you just backed why the hell they should have been at that concert yep. you know what they could have learned how things work that's why what's not about the concert it's about spending time with a veteran who's won three titles it's about developing a relationship Fred, Fred. but you know yeah, you learn that who's coming up in a regular season nope they need they the Janet Jackson concert <laughs> you don't know how they unifying watching right. Janet Jackson they got together. some road trips coming yeah. up where the rookies are gonna have to you know hold carry their bags and carry their luggage they will get to they will get to know each other during training camp when an elbow comes their way. Can you imagine how close they would be on those road trips if they had already laid down the foundation for a relationship in a concert and will never know because they were too asinine in making that decision? Boom! <laughs> Use your own word oh, against man. you, Bonte. Oh, Brad, 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 think about it. Go to a concert with the teammates to try to get to know them. It's like taking a date out to the movies. They're not talking to each other during a concert. They have, you're vibing to the music. He has and a if suite. You don't like the music, they're not going to vibe. He has a suite. And you've already told me they hate the music, so I don't have to worry about them getting lost in it. I understand where you're coming from. And am I putting two right. on the ten for purposes of entertainment? Of course I am. Is this something that would literally make me furious? No. But when I read it, it, it doesn't fit with me. It doesn't make sense. And and I'll put it this way. Bonte, if that was you, despite this opinion, you would have been there, man. I, I know you. I know your work ethic. I know how you have doggedly increased your career. And because of all of those things, I think you would have been there regardless of what you're telling me now. Lighter in the sky, listening to any time, any place, swaying <laughs> back and forth with Draymond. <laughs> exactly right. Let's get to uh, perhaps more important things. Tell me about Media Day, man. Um, I mean, like, what was the vibe? We on this pod, we keep saying how excited we are for the regular season next year because it's going to feel all different and stuff, right? But you were actually there on the first day to get a sense of I don't know the underlying current. So, what'd you think? What did it feel like? You know, it was weird, actually. It was weird, because I've covered Media Day now. It's my third straight year covering Media Day, so... I see, third straight, fourth straight year. I don't know, I'm getting old. But, obviously, the vibe going to the Media Day, it's like, okay, these guys are going to be playing deep into June. There's Kevin Durant, there's Andre Godala. Oh, man, this is basketball Nirvana, man. These guys are... This is it. This, man, with the new digs, the different color practice facility... Uh, you know, navy, dark blue, whatever the color is on the walls. and It just felt different. And it felt like it was going to be a different year. It felt like, you know, it was kind of a downer when Willie Cully Stein it was announced during media day, right at the outset of media day, that Willie Cully Stein was going to miss training camp. He may not be ready for the regular season opener. So that already kind of put it like, damn. Right. All right, it, Willie Cully Stein's heard after a final series, we saw everybody drop likewise. You already knew Clay Thompson was going to be out, but then, you hear Bob Myers say, oh, yeah, he's going to be out at least 55 games. 
damn, 55 days? Man, I know it's, it's going to be right on that timetable of seven to nine months, but it was just like, all right, so no Clay, no Willie Cully sign at the outset. Looney's tweet the history, obviously, the day after media day, but it, it was just different. It was like, wait, who's that? Right. What number is that? You know, it was just a different vibe, man. Going at it, yeah, it will be a different year, and I'm excited about it because there's a lot of unknown. Like, how's Curry going to revert back to the guy we saw in 2015 and 16 when he won the MVP awards? Is he going to be that dude? What's D'Angelo Russell about? How's this going to fit? I'm excited about D'Lo, but you know, Brad, just it was just weird. It was a weird vibe, and I actually talked to other people about it. I was like, hey, did you feel like India Day was just a little weird? You know, not for any bad reasons or anything like that. It was just, it was weird, and it was different. It's in a new place. Sure. You don't know where you're going. It's all these new players, and you know, it looked like Curry and that, like being the old guys here. It's just weird. Like, there's no Iguodala to be the old guy. There's no David West. There's no Livingston. Like, Curry and Draymond are the elder statesmen on the team. Wait, what the hell is going on here? Is so there, it's just weird at media day. Any truth to the fact that they're playing Janet Jackson through the speakers at the practice court? Or did I misread that rumor? No, I, uh, what I loved, I mean, I, obviously I saw the Willie Colley Stein pictures. And, and for those who didn't see it, he's dealing with a midfoot sprain which apparently is going to keep him out at least through October. So we will miss him um, for the first couple of games in the regular season. But what I thought was really interesting, so I, yeah, and Clay is going to be gone for 55 games. We knew that too, and they confirmed he's not coming back until the All-Star break. But seeing those two people at the media day, or at least seeing pictures of him, reinforces this idea of Clay as like Wolverine, right? So Clay is gone for 55 games. Willie Colley Stein is gone for two games. Willie Colley Stein is walking around in a giant foot boot, these huge crutches. Clay yeah. looks like he could run a marathon right now. Like there's just nothing wrong with him at all, at all. Uh, but talk about bearing the lead, man. So do you get a chance to talk to these new guys? Did, did you meet D'Angelo? I mean, tell us about them. Any any insights you have on any of these new people, we will just eat up. Yeah, media day, we talked to Willie Kelly Stein. I was actually our second time talking to Willie Kelly Stein, but it was, it was the first time in person. Kevon Looney, who we know, we all know well, and now he's, you know, he's not even shy anymore. He's talkative uh, as one of the veterans, quote-unquote veterans, of this team, even though he's still a young buck. Uh, Jordan Poole in the draft, you know, Smiley Geach and uh, Pascal, we talked to a draft age. I'm talking to them in summer league or whatnot. But Willie Cully Stein was the one that was for me, especially because he was in that walking booth. And then listen to Willie Cully Stein really talk about, like, how he, want, how he wants to pick Draymond Green's brain. You know, he wants to be an elite defender. He really believes in his own mind that he is an elite defender. And he's very articulate, man. Willie Cully Stein's a hell of an interview. He's smart. He's aware of everything. And he kind of talk about being in Sacramento and, you know, how he, he alerted, but it's just like, man, is this the NBA? I'm losing all these games after being drafted from Kentucky. Uh, didn't really talk to D-Lo. Haven't done that yet, actually. We wasn't fortunate enough to get him on the airways and uh, kind of seen him walking around a little bit later. So uh, I'm intrigued to talk to D-Lo and get to know him a little bit more. But right now, it's, it's just been a lot of Willie Cully Stein. And I think he's going to be, you know, he's athletic. I remember what he was doing at Kentucky when I always bring this up on air, but uh, in March Madness when Kentucky was playing Notre Dame in, in the Elite Eight, and he guarded it. It was one of the Grant brothers where he guarded him 94 feet on the last possession of the game. And I'm thinking, who the hell is this guy? Seven feet? Running the floor like that? Moving the speed laterally on the defensive end? Who the hell is this? So I do think there's some potential there with Willie Kelly Stein, but it's interesting to hear him kind of talk about it. And he's like, look, man, I, I know I got it in me. And plus there's a money factor, right? He thought he was going to get broke off coming leaving from Sacramento being a free agent and he didn't. He didn't get anything out there. He got some scraps, so he's still playing for that big contract 
as well as playing for, you know, trying to remind, remind everybody why he was a lottery pick. So um, he's an intriguing guy, man. I think the fan base is going to really love uh, Willie Kelly Stein. I really hope you're right about that. And, and this next take by me just shows that I have preconceptions I should not. But one of the things that's really surprised me about him, um, and I haven't had an opportunity to meet him in person, but is how thoughtful he is. And I don't know if it's that he had tattoos. I don't know if it's just that I saw him dominate at Kentucky or just didn't really have a, a, a sense of who he was as a person in Sacto. But every time I read a quote from him or any story on him or his perception, he is not only intelligent, he is really, really thoughtful. And I, I am looking forward to him not only on the floor, but off of it. I think some of his analysis might be really interesting. But am I, am I misreading that? Are you picking up the same stuff? Uh, I don't. I don't know if I am or not. Uh, I, I'm just. I, I I looked at Willie Kelly Stein when he signed here with the Warriors team, and I'm giving him a clean slate, just like I gave Demarcus Cousins a clean slate. I don't care about anything in the past. You're now joining a team that a uh, uh, first class organization. Go figure, right? It's we didn't say that before 2010, but this is a first class organization from the top to the bottom, man. From the ownership group to the front office to the coaching staff and the players. Uh, I'm giving the young man a clean slate. Whatever happened in Sacramento, whatever happened before, like, I I don't care about any of that. What are you going to do now? Now you have a chance to redeem yourself and become a quality NBA player. And who better to be around than Steph Curry, Jermon Green, and Clay Thompson, guys who won championships, as well as Steve Kerr and his coaching staff. These guys won championships. They know what it's about. If you think about all the championship teams, they always have a reclamation project on their roster, right? The Bulls teams had it. The Lakers had it. The Spurs had it. I, I mean, the Warriors have had it with Swaggy P. And, of course, JaVale McGee and then last year with DeMarcus Cousins. So I think Willie Kelly Stein is just in the right place at the right time for his career. Um, and so I'm going to give him a clean slate, clean slate, Brand. So you're saying that he's incredibly thoughtful and you've picked up the same thing that I have been saying? No, I, I think that's probably a much more fair, more more fair approach. I mean, we'll, we'll see. He'll, he'll build his personality and his brand here. Um, and when it comes out to be a really thoughtful personality and brand, I will prove to be right. So, you know, we'll, we'll have to wait a few months uh, before we get there. Um, we mentioned it. We touched on it. There are some injuries that are floating around. None of them are real nasty, uh, with the exception of Clay's, but it looks like we're going to be without Kali Stein. It looks like we're going to be without Kevon Looney, who strained his hamstring. And it looks like we're going to be having to rely on some of these young guys. We're going to see a ton of Omari Spellman. We're going to see guys like Glenn Robinson the third, which leads to this question. Are there new people? And take out the obvious answers. Um, for the purposes of right now, D'Angelo Russell can't be said. Willie Kali Stein can't be said. Are there young players you're in particularly excited to watch? Yeah, I mean, you know what? It's probably the Jordan Poole guy out of everybody. Uh, Jordan Poole and Smiley Gates, because I think Smiley Gates, being, being such a youngster, 18 years old, I think that guy has some big-time potential. But Jordan Poole, man, because I dabble in college basketball. I don't watch it like I used to. You know, I don't have the time to do that. Uh, back in the day, you know, we're watching March Madness. We're watching everything, right? So I watched a couple Michigan games because they were a tournament team. So I kind of knew who Jordan Poole was. I'm excited to see how his game grows because I do think the college game hinders some of these athletes to where where the spacing comes into play. You know, everybody's running this two three zone, right? Everything's in the sixties, it's half court, it's slow. Coaches in college want you to run their offense or they're gonna pull you. But I think in an NBA game where you have so much freedom, I'm really intrigued to see Jordan Poole who's six five, can be six six, uh, can grow into this role. He's a guy who can, who can shoot the three of course, can handle the rock. Apparently, he could play defense. So that's the guy right there. That's the guy that I keep going back to. Like, 
what is Jordan Poole going to be like? Because there's not going to be pressure on him, per se, but he's going to have to speed up some minutes at the two-guard spot and maybe some at the three. Uh, at the three. So uh, Jordan Poole is that guy where I'm like, okay, who can this guy be? Who Who is this Jordan Poole guy? I think he's a big-time X-factor, and he is excited because he has that swag and that flair to him. Yeah, I'm excited to see Jordan, too, just as a, as a different name. Um, I'm, I'm excited for Alec Burks. I mean, I know he's not a young guy. He's been around a little while, but I remember when he used to play against us at Utah, and I, he was just so frustrating. And he's kind of slipped off in the last few seasons, but hopefully he's, you know, this is a, a new team and a new season for him in the, in the way that he'll bounce back, and he will be that same frustrating player but wearing a Warriors jersey this time. So, um, you know, I think he's got that great, you know, in-between size where – he can guard a few positions. He's athletic. He can knock down a three a little bit, but he's just a good on-ball defender, and he can be kind of that you know Swiss Army knife for us that um, will be helpful. So not a new guy. Um, I'm excited about Jordan too, but I, I'm interested to see how Alec fits in and if he kind of slips under the radar. Yeah, I think that's a great call. I'm um, uh, I'm I'm pretty excited about Glenn Robinson the third. I think speaking of reclamation projects, that's a pretty interesting one. Um, he's bounced around the league already a little bit in two years, uh, and I think we tend to have um, a lot of importance placed on sort of the three and D wing types, um, especially with Clay being out. I think he's somebody that really could have the opportunity to step into some big time minutes or totally flop. Um, I highly doubt that he's going to be a middle-of-the-road type candidate. I hate when we all agree, so I'm not going to start this off by saying, hey, you guys gave really great answers. I don't think you gave really great answers. <laughs> I mean, I can see looking forward to those guys, but the dude I'm fired up for is Omari Spellman. And so, like, I like, you guys keep using reclamation projects. I like lottery tickets. The idea of, like, some other team just didn't know how to use this player, and now we have a free first-rounder. And Omari Spellman is the perfect combination of that. Because he went in the first round last year, Atlanta gives up, on him and then the other thing I like is when there's been some big change like some motivational change or body change for Amari he's lost like 42 pounds or something and so the Warriors have they think we'll find out but they think they found a way to unlock his first round talent and I just love that idea maybe it'll work out maybe he'll be a huge loser we'll find out together but it's a it's a scratcher right like maybe this thing is going to be um, a much higher upside than any of us saw and I just like that we'll see how it ultimately plays um I shouldn't do this, Monte. I shouldn't. I know better. Everyone keeps telling me not to care about Duran. He's not on the team. All of that. And every single time I think I'm out, I get pulled back in. Most recently, it was from our boy Kyrie Irvin. Um, during their own media day, I, I didn't even hear the question that, that precipitated it, but he offered this analysis on whether or not Kevin Durant should have been playing in the finals game uh, in which he ultimately got hurt. And I should say, before you listen, if you are the type of personality type who doesn't like perverse amount of pompous, annoying takes, fast forward this about a minute and four seconds, because otherwise your hair is going to catch on fire and your head might explode. But anyways, I digress. Go ahead and listen. Naturally, I think you have to go into the, inside the mind of a competitor and realize that a lot of people have responsibilities for why that ended up happening the way it happened on a national scale. We all know Kay was not ready to play in that environment. We all know that, whether people want to admit it or not. He was out 31 days, and we put him on a national stage on the finals to end up selling a product that came before the person, Kevin. And now I'm here to protect that. I'm going to be a protector of that all throughout the year and not allowing anyone to infiltrate that circle of, hey, Kay, 
do you. Get right. We'll be fine. We have expectations for our team. We obviously know he's an integral part, but we'll wait for that. I'm very patient. I'll be over patient with Kevin because I don't want anything like that to happen to anyone again, um, especially on that type of stage where it happened and him having to answer questions about whether or not he's coming back or not. So I'm here to dispel it that you'll never hear me say he's coming back here or I think he's coming. I want him to be 101% healthy. <laughs> Bonte, here's my question for you. Um, I'm not going to get into how annoying that was. I'm not going to get into how terrible it is to listen to somebody pompously explain in a vocal inflection that just screams, I know I'm the smartest person in the room while making no f***ing sense at all. I'm not going to go through any of that, Bonte. Instead, I'm going to ask you this. I know that Durant came out already before Kyrie said anything and explained that it was his call along with his own medical professionals to come back out there. So Durant has already disagreed with what Kyrie has said. But I want to know, since Kyrie has said this, we've had silence from KD. Is that silence attributable to he actually agrees? Does Durant have to come out and say, no, 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 this is bullshit? Or does the fact that he's already spoken on these topics mean we don't have to listen to Irving? You know what? I, I, I'm done trying to figure out KD. I don't even know. <laughs> because I did see him. I believe I did see him on the same time during the Warriors media day. He had the Twitter fingers moving. And he was talking to people about the Deshaun Watson video when Deshaun Watson was teaching a, a reporter what a cover four defense was. And KD, I just saw a randomly easy money sniper replying to that. And I just thought to myself, well, KD has a lot of time on his hands this year. <laughs> uh, this season, I should say. He's going to have a lot of time on his hands, and he's going to be on Twitter. So we're going to figure out whether or not he agrees with Kyrie Irving or not. But that was just, that's Kyrie being Kyrie, right? Being kind of like the smartest guy in the room. I've had some run-ins with him. I remember asking him, hey, what do you think about this Warriors-Cavs rivalry? How fun is it? How cool is it? What is the rivalry? What makes it a rivalry? Like, he got all defensive. There's nothing wrong with having a rivalry. You don't have to hate each other. Like, I don't, you know what I'm saying? Like, you don't have to, oh, I hate you, Seth Curry. It's cool as basketball, but on the floor, competitively, like, it is a rivalry. Like, what, what the hell is your problem? So he's always been kind of just weird, man. I don't like Kyrie, he, he, you know, I, I understand his grandfather passed away. He said that affected him last season. But the way he acted in Boston, man, come on, be a pro. And now he's coming out in media day basically slandering the Warriors and slandering the NBA and saying basically that Kevin Durant was forced when Kevin Durant has said over and over and over, I wasn't forced. But maybe Kyrie Irving knows something that we don't know because apparently him and KD are best friends. So, I, you know what, I'm glad they're in Brooklyn. Let the New York media deal with those guys. I, um, <laughs> I, I can care less about KD and Kyrie. I hope KD gets healthy. I hope they have a good fun year, but I am done dissecting their psyche. I mean, those two dudes are weird, beyond weird. So <laughs> yeah. I, I, I'm, uh, I don't know. I don't know what the hell Kyrie Irving is like. I, I don't even know what the question was. So <laughs> I, I just ignore everything with the Brooklyn Nets. When it comes to the Chase Center or when the Warriors play them, and I watch them on lead pass, that's all I care about. All the other stuff, I am over it. I think they asked Kyrie what time it was, and that actually was his response. <laughs> MT, I cut you off. <laughs> no, it's all good. Just a couple things on that. I mean, I, you know, it's – the flatter theory comes in and it's like if you believe that then you know like this is where that take comes from as well a um, couple things we had a doctor on the podcast who came on and said the injury that KD had to his calf had nothing to do with the Achilles um, I would trust the doctor's knowledge over that over Kyrie's secondly I took it as a veiled shot at Steph 
because he's saying I would protect K in that situation. And you're saying basically so Steph didn't protect KD in that situation, but Steph and KD had a good relationship. Or if it's not Steph, whoever else on the team was close to KD and had his ear. It's like, to me, that was more of a shot at the Warriors. Like, I wouldn't let that happen to my teammate and my friend. And I feel like... You know, the Warriors are like, no, nah, we, we looked out for him. He said he wanted to do it. He said he was ready to Shouldn't play. KD come out and, and, and underline that relation? I think that exactly what you just said, the way you vocalized that is what's upsetting me. Yeah. Right? I mean, like, I, I, I understand that he's already said it, and I understand what you're saying, Bonte. Of course, like, dropping some kind of analysis on this guy is impossible. We, we all think differently, so trying to use our thoughts to figure out where he's coming from is, you know, an exercise in insanity. We'll, we'll never actually figure it out. Right. But... If he's coming out and, you know, if Kyrie is like, look, those people are supposedly your friends effed you. And then KD just stands there doing nothing. The implication is he thinks his friends effed him, you know, um, and, and I'll, I'll take it a step further for no reason. Uh, Kyrie Irving is a lot of things. Uh, movie star, a hell of a basketball player, a billionaire, probably a leader of the team. I got two things he's not a map maker and he is not a doctor. I don't need him telling me the geology of the world and I sure as shit don't need to tell him whether or not he would have cleared KD to go back on the floor. Here's a newsflash, nobody would have asked you. It wouldn't have been up to you in any way, shape or form. If you burst into that physician's office and was like, I'm not allowing K to play, they would have said, how the f- did you get in here? Please leave. You know, so just the, the idea that he sees himself it's one thing to think differently than others. We're all entitled to that. It's another thing to think differently than others and then explain it in this remarkably condescending way where your hands are flying around and you're so sure that you were right. That one hit me at a nasty place. If it, if it makes you feel any better... Uh, sure it won't. I think that this is an indication of the beginning of some fishers in the Brooklyn Nets. Yeah. <laughs> KD left the Warriors, and one of the things that he said was, I realized it would never be not Steph's team. And I think Kyrie is going to have a year to play by himself <laughs> and, and establish his dominance and his alphaness within the Nets, and KD's going to realize, oh, sh- I'm in the exact team. same situation again. <laughs> Just with less all-stars and less players. <laughs> and Durant's going to start thinking about going yeah. somewhere else. And Kyrie is like, nope, you can't leave. It's up to me what happens with you. <laughs> oh, man. I, it's it's weird, man. Like, Katie's one of the best players we've ever seen, right? And this guy's going to, in Oklahoma City, he always tried to hear about Westbrook. Then he basically left Golden State because, I didn't fit in with the guys. And when Kyrie Irving goes off and shirt for the net, and he comes back, and he's like, damn, why am I, why am I second fiddle to Spencer <laughs> Dinwiddie? Oh, I, I, almost, I almost feel sorry for KD, man. I don't feel sorry for millionaires too often, man, but I almost feel sorry for Kevin Durant. I truly do. You know why? So, um, obviously, that's a fair take. And I just reason this is a total um, conversational whiplash but we were talking about DeMarcus Cousins injury and how awful it is and it's awful Um, but somebody else told me look it's impossible to really feel sorry for these guys and here's why if tomorrow DeMarcus Cousins or Kevin Durant or any of these other millionaires woke up in our lives they would be disgusted they would hate our house they'd hate where we eat they'd hate how we travel places they would be so appalled at our lack of millions that if they get hurt like dude that situation sucks but I'm gonna go ahead and not feel super terrible because you would hate hate my life but let me uh let me push this to one last topic for you Bonte and it's going to involve some compliments which is going to hurt my feelings but it is what it is so 
You may know that we drop predictions on this show. You probably know also that they're not just thrown out into nothing. Our boy Matty Stats is out in the ether listening to everything we do. He writes down our predictions at the end of the year. He actually totals up our numbers. Then we have him on and he gives us winners. He tells us who had the highest percentage of uh, correct predictions. And you may know this because last year you were, in fact, our prediction champion. Kills me to say it is what it is. Oh. Yeah. I mean, oh. yeah. <laughs> oh. Where's the pro- Where's your champagne? The confetti, baby. Put in some, Mama, give some applause here. Okay. Well, well, we can't hear it yet. We're not that technologically savvy, but the audience will hear some applause <laughs> undoubtedly behind it. And uh, one last piece of information before I actually get to the meat of the of the segment. So we are having Maddie in next week to figure out who was last year's champion. Maybe you'll go back to back. i am got my eyes on that title. We've got to wait a week. But I wanted to fire off some predictions with you right now to see how you do a year from now. So we're going to go rapid fire. These are to you alone, Bonte. Uh, boys, you guys can sit back. Right. We'll just both disagree with them. So here we go, and I start this way. Bonte, who will be in the Western Conference Finals? Warriors and Clippers. Oof. Who will be in the Eastern Conference Finals? Spicy. Eastern Conference. It's going to be Milwaukee and Philadelphia. MVP, and I'll give you some hints if you need them. This is how Vegas sees it. Giannis is plus 250. Curry is plus 500. AD is plus 800. Who do you got? And you don't have to pick from those three. Do you think somebody else? Curry's winning number three. All right. Um, Curry is winning number three. Most hated Warriors opponent at the end of the year. Obviously, Maddie won't be able to look this one up, but uh, we'll remember it nonetheless. Clippers. Who Who leads the the league in technical fouls? What player, not team? Oh, that's a good one. That's a really, really good one. Oh, man. Woo-wee. I'm going with Draymond Green. DeMarcus Cousins is injured. Kevin Durant's not out there playing. It's going to be Draymond's. It's going to be Draymond Green. Let's He'll go. be running hot, especially with uh, all these youngsters on the squad. I'm going to get who are just screwing him over left and right. I'm going to give you some over under win totals. Warriors win total forty eight uh-huh. and a half over under. I go over. They're going to win forty nine. Houston win total fifty five. Oh, under. Los Angeles Lakers win total same number fifty five. Under. And our champion at the end of next year? Oh, you got to put me on the spot. Oh, man. I'm going to say Doc Rivers is going to win championship number two against, it's going to be Clippers Sixers in the finals. Clippers beat the Sixers in six. I, 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 the fact that you put us in the Western Conference Finals, I can't be mad at you that they lost there. So <laughs> it is what it is. Now, most of the time, any other show would stop right there. But I've got a couple more for you, right? So what we're going to find out next week, man, is how we all collectively did. We're going to find our own results over last year's predictions. So I've got some guesses on that, too, that I want to run by you. So for you, all right, we're going to find out what your win percentage, your, your correct percentage on your predictions last year was when Maddie comes in next week. Let me ask you, do you think you were correct over under 50% of the time? Over fifty percent. For sure, over fifty. Oh, oh, for, for sure. sure. Oh, how, over <laughs> been a chat, man. For sure. Over, over under seventy percent for Bonte. What do you think? <sighs> no way. Come under. on, no way. Yeah, let's go. Under. Over under. under. We're under. gonna we're gonna get a collective number for Maxime, Marcus, and I. A huddle prediction number. Will it be over or under fifty percent? Don't f- us. 
slightly over. Slightly. <laughs> slightly. <laughs> I mean, for the show, for the show, we're about for the show, we're about fifty-three percent, fifty-two and a half. <laughs> All right. The last year, a few of the beat writers who frequented the show were Mark Medina and Connor Laterno. We're going to find out who had the highest percentage between Medina, Laterno, and Bonte Hill. Who wins? Oh, I'm blowing those dudes away. Medina and Connor Latorno. Oh, please, those dudes. Those dudes, they might as well be fighting for second place, man. I know Medina. Medina definitely didn't. Medina's coming in last place. Connor probably gave me a lot for my money, but I got Connor and Medina. I love this show and this conversation. (laughs) Good for you, Monta. Here's uh, our second to last one. Who is going to be the highest amongst us boys? Bram versus Marcus versus Maxime. Ooh. I have to roll with Marcus, man. Maxine, Maxine, I, I think Maxine, Maxine probably gave Marcus a run for his money. Brandon's just all over the place. Right? Sometimes you just, you third. know what I mean? Like I, I, I know how to I count to three, Marcus. Fourth out of third. You know what I mean? He just, he just, you, you think with your heart too much, Brandon. There's something for my heart. Go fuck yourself, Monte. Uh, <laughs> Fair enough. I cannot wait until we have Maddie Stats on next week and I get to bask in my victory. I, I'm going to call you. Know that you might catch a random Skype call during our episode in hopes of sucking you in just to tell you that uh, I've earned oh, my man. first prediction title. Bate, you're awesome. You're awesome. Every time you're on here, hey, man. Hey, uh, Brad, so that means, oh, wait, Brad, that means if I don't get a call from you guys next week, I'm the champ, right? I'm going <laughs> to start tweeting out now, huh? Yeah, <laughs> I don't need your, I that your Sherlock Holmes backwards and analysis. I, <laughs> I know what time it is dude, when I don't get that phone call next week. <laughs> yeah, I, I know that. Let me go ahead and hedge it by saying I'm 100% not calling you either way, just so you don't start getting <laughs> hell of happy. It just is what it is. And you interrupted my compliment. I'm oh, telling okay. you that you're awesome. I'm telling you that I'm not the only person who feels that way. And I'm also asking you to let us know where the hell else we can go to get more Bonte Hill in our life. Man, 9570game.com. Just download that tune in at, at, at radio.com app. I should say t- download the radio.com app. Bunch of Hill, Matt Steinman's, Daryl DeGuru, Johnson from 10 to 2 p.m. on 95.7 a game. The best midday show out here in the Bay Area. Um, check me out right there. Or on Twitter at your own risk, at Bonte Hill, B-O-N-T-A-H-I-L-L. Boom. We appreciate you, Bonte. Go enjoy the night, man. Let's talk soon. Hey, Bram, Marcus, Maxine, always a pleasure, man. A lot of fun. Uh, can't wait to go back to back on you boys. But, man, boots is here, baby. <laughs> oh, I got a side bet. Uh, side bet for you before you bounce, all right? Me versus you, okay. percentage-wise. If I am a higher percentage than you, neck for the rest of this year, you have to call me champ, vice versa. I'm cool with that. Let's go. I'm cool with that. Let's go. You can just call me. You can start it right now. <laughs> Signing off as champ. Bram out. Go enjoy the night, man. We'll talk to you soon. Uh, all right, boys. All right, Bonte. Thanks, man. Bonte is the man, generally speaking, the man. He doesn't seem to agree with me, which makes him a little bit limited. But beyond <laughs> that, I'm a huge fan. Always hella fun having him on. I can tell by your guys' silence you no, definitely agree. Or, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just weighted silence with nothing there. That was a throw to us. Yeah, Bonte's great. One of our favorite guests. Well, I mean, Bonte's not on the phone anymore, and I wasn't throwing to anybody else. It's only us three in this room. Uh, we ran out of time with Bonte. He had some other commitments. It was what it was. But we do have one more segment to get through before the end of this pod, and it's look around the league. 
look around the league. For those of you who are new, it's a pretty easy segment. Um, we've tasked Marcus with looking around the NBA to come up with three stories that caught his eye. He's going to describe those stories to us, and then we will vote on which of the three stories we actually want to talk about. MT? Cool. Just want to reiterate, I love that song. Amazing. <laughs> so good. <laughs> so good. So good. If I'm not here next week, I've finally been signed to a record label. They may not go to Janet Jackson, but they will go to Bram's concert. Exactly. That's exactly right. And I will not joke about the Janet Jackson thing. I think you were so goddamn stupid with that analysis, but I digress. Here we go. Uh, story number one. There is an NBA rap war. Damian Lillard came out and released a diss track against Shaquille O'Neal, and it was pretty hot um so talk about that where that comes from uh number two porzingis said that he's felt feeling better now than he ever has in his life quote unquote and i wonder are we sleeping on how good dallas will be with him and Doncic? and the third and final story uh, apparently the thunder are open to trading stephen adams we're a little thin at center right now people are banged up and we haven't even played a single game yet is that something we would be interested in? Would we want to bring in Steven Adams um, to the Warriors? It's a no-brainer for me. The one that deals with the Warriors, one that deals with the player who has always kind of caught my eye. I would love an infusion of his kind of bruising physicality and kind of an asshole under the board. So I'd like to discuss that story, but I'm open to a vote. Where are you guys at? No, I'm, I'm right there with you, although I gotta say, man, if Porzingis comes out hot, it is gonna be a dumpster fire in New York City. Holy <laughs> sh- <laughs> well, you got to figure gonna, there's going to be a ton of load management with Porzingis, right? I mean, right. even though he feels phenomenal, they'd be stupid to force him out there on a lot of games. Um, but you are right. It, it would be a storm out there. Which story you got? Um, yeah, I'm going to go with Steven Adams, too. I'm, I'm inside baseball on this one. I'm, I want him to play for the Warriors somehow. I don't see how it works. His contract is two years, $53 million left on it, so I don't know how the numbers work, but I would love for him to be on the Warriors. So here's another secret reason I wanted to do this topic. It's going to be kind of a test on how well you put together your segment, right? Like kind of a an expose on how much effort you put behind this. So I'm with that. I love the trade suggestion. Who should they trade for him? Uh, well, the numbers probably don't add up. <laughs> Which but... means you have not done the goddamn effort. Exactly. Um, I mean, I, I don't know who we would have on there you'd have to give up a pick the the article says that the thunder are seeking a young player a draft pick and probably some cash compensation so I, it feels like a lot for a player that they want to unload if they're like a know, willie carson first rounder and then there would have to be some real money behind it yeah you exactly know? i mean like you're talking like a, i mean not d'angelo but one of the larger role players within the team um would you do that if it required a much larger... So I agree with you. If let, Let's let's put this abstractly. If you could just handpick Steven Adams and put him onto the Warriors, exactly what they need. Exactly yeah. what they need. Another veteran presence at a position they're remarkably thin at, especially after these injuries, mm-hmm. and he would add a second dude in addition to Draymond who punch fools in the mouth. Yeah. You know, who could match notes with Draymond on the best way to split testicles with your hands. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, this dude brings the Or punches. feet, right? Because that's where it came from. <laughs> exactly right. But assuming that they couldn't just bring him through, then yeah. it becomes a, what would you give up? So let me ask it that way. If they had to give up a foundational piece, would you? I wouldn't give up a foundational piece, but, um, you know, and I think it's being lost or, you know, kind of glanced over that the Warriors have four all-stars and no other team can say that because Clay is hurt. So it's we're down to three, but I wouldn't give up any of those four. 
for Steven Adams, and I wouldn't give up Looney either. Huh. I, th- I think Looney fits our system right, and he's showed the loyalty in, in signing for Les to stay with us that we would reward that. Yeah, um, that's but a really interesting question. Anybody else? Um, I would. If they came to I heard what you said. I just want to put a fine point on it. Let's take away the collective bargain agreement. Let me ask this simply as a, uh, which player you'd prefer? If OKC came to you and said, give us Loon, we'll give you Adams. Straight up, nothing else. You say no? I, I do it. As a business decision, yes. <laughs> but I would be torn. You know, like it would, because I would just feel so bad for Kavan. Like oh, he put in work. Oh yeah. He took less money to stay with us. Um, he, he worked really hard. His, like his entire, like every muscle in his chest or whatever. I mean, exactly. like things did not go well. Yeah. But I mean, from a basketball standpoint, from a team standpoint, you know, it's Stephen Adams is an upgrade for, on the defensive end for sure. And then from what we're trying to do, he would set bruising screens, and it would be, it would be an interesting, interesting mix, especially when Clay comes back. Yep. If we trot out our four All Stars and, and Stephen Adams there, that's a that's a tough lineup. That's a championship contending team. Yeah. Yeah, I, I also am not sure if like right we're hard capped this year. I don't even know if it's literally possible. Um, but it is something that would be really awesome to explore come. Would you trade him for Lou? Oh yeah, straight up. No, I mean I I'm right there with Marcus. I think it would be a brutal hit on my poor heart, but I would do it. Can you imagine making that call to Kevon? It's like, ah, uh, you know, like whatever it is, ah, uh, good day, practice today. Uh, we're so lucky to have you, blah blah blah. Anyways, you know how OKC is terrible and definitely needs a front court player, and they're destroying everything out there. The weather's really shitty too, but you're gonna really enjoy it out there. And we've just traded you, like hooray for you. I don't see that conversation going super well. And he's like, is that why Stephen Adams is putting on a Warrior practice jersey yeah, right, right now? That's right. Does this have anything to do with me not going to that Janet Jackson conference? But whatever. You know, and I don't know. In fact, I am positive that had Draymond Ashloon he would have been smart enough to go absolutely. So it is what it is. In fact, I didn't ask you. If Draymond had called you and asked you to go, would you have gone? If absolutely. you were a young player. Yes, yeah, okay. absolutely. So, so you were just agreeing with Monte just to agree with Monte or what? No, I was saying I, I think it's unfair to fault the young players that, for not knowing any better. I think I would go absolutely because I have hindsight bias of being older and realizing the benefits of building that relationship. I think if you ask those same players next year, if they go, they go, even next year, they go 10 times out of 10. But right now, they don't know that it's important to build that. They think work starts when the regular season starts. It's a very weird question. Draymond, as a rookie, gets a similar offer. Does he go? To go where? Same, same thing. Let's say there's a veteran on the team who invited him to a concert that he had absolutely no interest in. I would bet my life he would go. Yeah. So it's not age, right? It's not, it's not, it's not a certainty of them. It's not just the fact that they are rookies. We're talking about a mentality, not just an age group. True. Yeah. I mean, that's a good point. There's, there's not a comeback for that. I think the, the approach that Draymond Green has to the game in general makes that a little different. And everyone you says know? he's going to be a coach in the future. And yeah. it's probably these kind of distinctions that means that's yeah. why he's going to be a coach in the future. Yeah, I mean, Poole and Pascal are probably, and I'm just assuming those are two players. I don't know who they were, but... Um, you know, they have to be smart players. You have to be talented and smart to make it this far. Yeah. Um, but Draymond is known for having a really, really high IQ. Yeah. And I think that he would have used that to say, in this situation, I don't even know who Janet Jackson is, but I'm going. And what do I get out of it? Yeah. You know, it's not the music I'm getting out of it. I'm getting something else. Exactly. Yeah, straight up. I mean, light years, right? You think about the type of personalities that you have to pay attention to the fact that Draymond was 
in the in the boardroom during draft night that he clearly has the ear of the front office that he's going to be the one that's like bruising you guys on the court every day i mean you got to build up some capital up front um if you want him on your side it seems like a really easy way to do that um with minimal repercussions it seems like a missed opportunity and i can't help but think that um a more intelligent rookie like a Draymond Green would have done it. Yeah, you know, all of those rookies should have called up Kyrie Irving to see what he thought they should have done. <laughs> it would have just been the perfect transition into the league. Huge fun, you guys. True every week, certainly true this week. Remember, you want to let us know we're off base on this Janet Jackson thing. You agree with Bonte. You think Marcus is our smartest member that Maxine gets every take right. Hit us up at warriorshuddle at gmail.com or our Twitter account, which is at warriorshuddle. Um, I've got some Patreon announcements, but I will save them for next week. Instead, I'll remind you guys that we are, in fact, on Big Head Media now, which is something we are remarkably proud of. Check us out there. And with that in mind, hopefully, we'll see you in a couple weeks. Good, good. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grimly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done.